What's going on in here? What's that paper? What paper? <gasps> Homer, is this projection accurate? Did you borrow money from my sisters? I don't know, Marge. I can't be expected to keep track of all my wheelings and dealings. He blew all your savings on jack-o'-lanterns. <gasps> you don't! <laughs> Sorry, Marge. <laughs> I never want to see you again! You either. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by popculture.com.au. I am Dando. I'm Mitch. Today we're here to review Homer vs. Patty and Selma. Hmm. An episode that I really did not remember very much about. Um, Same. I'd- it's one of those ones where, because it's in a season, there's so many great episodes. It's, it's not a bad episode, but it's just by no means Bart vs. Australia, which it's, was last week. Yeah. or Three great episodes. I remember we had Homie the Clown. And, and what was I, before I believe, uh, I, Bart's Comet. So many have been so good that I forget them all, but don't we have 2001 Greyhounds coming up as well? Whatever. Two thousand and one Greyhounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh season seven. Oh, is that season, is that season no, six? That's this season. Is it? I'm okay. sure it's this season. Cool. Hold on, I could be wrong. Uh, it's towards the end of the season. You're probably correct. Lisa's wedding. Lisa's that wedding is, is, is coming towards up soon. The end. That's yeah, yeah. in two weeks' time. So like there are so Who many Who shot Mr. Burns is coming up? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, it does it's like being a role player in a premiership team that the episode gets in there and it does its job, but it's not memorable apart from, you know, the absolute diehard fans. Joel Corey for the Geelong Cats. Yeah, if you want to, uh, I mean, completely... A reference that no one will understand. I was going to say, if you want to entirely <laughs> localise it, I've gone for the big broad, it's a role player, everyone's yeah. going to understand what that is. It's Joel Corey, that's what it fucking Specific. is. Specific. <laughs> and I won't hear otherwise. It's by no means the funniest episode. It's, there's actually not many laugh out loud moments in the episode, but it's very important it's in that... It's not very quotable either. Like, no, there's no, no, not a lot not. of zingers in there. It emphasises... The, impo- the importance of like Homer, his dedication to his family. Mm. This is a great Homer story, this one. It is. I mean, Without getting feel- too sentimental either. You- Not like Lisa's substitute. You feel really bad for Homer because he doesn't do anything to deserve the absolute shit that he's caught no, from Patty and Selma. Like, they're really treating him like dirt throughout. And laying it on thick, like there are a couple moments that's actually kind of hard to watch like when they're making him bark like a dog. And as much as that gets saved... By Dan still talking like a dog when Marge comes into the room. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that, yeah, there are some moments where we're like, oh, man, like, this is like watching a public, um, uh, what is it, when you get put in the stockades and people just throw fruit at you. You're yeah. like, you feel bad for this guy. He did nothing. Takes me back to... Apart uh, from, you know, make a bad investment. Takes me back to the very first episode, Simpsons Roasting on Open Fire, where Homer gets screwed by... I guess this one is his fault because he makes a silly decision, mm. but it's not too—it's not too outrageous what he does. It was a good decision in August. Yes, or, or in October. <laughs> what well, was it October when he, cause he said it's two weeks away, wasn't it from from Halloween? Uh, yeah. Let's say that he got in just before they started going up, though. So yeah. maybe he did it in September. September. Yeah, but he lowers himself because he knows that he has that role where he has to provide for his family. Mm. Even they even emphasise with Marge saying he always provides for us. He finds mm. a way to provide for us, and he he's ashamed when he's outed, isn't he? Yeah, very much so. You're disappointed like it's, in himself. It's one of the ways Homer identifies himself and one of the ways most parents or fathers or anyone, sorry, I don't want to say father, anyone that's on a single income, um, the person that brings the money home, that's very much who they are. And if they lose that, then they lose a massive part of, of who they are yeah. and what they mean in their family. Well, it's Homer's role for the whole family. He, he's useless at everything. Mm. His one job is to provide for his family and he most of the time does. But in a few episodes like this one, he fails. Mm. Patty and Summer, you mentioned that they were terrible people in this episode. And yes. 
David Merkin actually mentioned, the showrunner at the time mentioned that this has a very sitcom-y feel to it because it's a classic in-laws hate the husband. They think he's an mm. oaf. They think he's not good enough for their sister. I know they were bitches to him and that's sort of their role in the show to be bitches, but there are episodes where you do see another side of them. Towards the, At the end of this episode, you see a different side of them where they, they have to react to Homer differently because they're, they're seeing a, a, the good side of Homer and they ha- they, they're vulnerable. Mm. It's not very often you see Patty and Summer vulnerable towards Homer. It was a good piece of writing at the end to flip the tables and have that moment where Homer could have danced on their grave but take the upper, take the um, moral high ground and not the moral high ground, be the bigger guy, that's the word I'm after, um, and, and save them and purely selfless in doing that and purely, I mean, there is that element of he gets something out of it but I don't think he does it because he wants something out of it. He just does it because you felt like he felt sorry for them. And whilst you may think, you know, they... Plus, if they're out of a job, it would be hard to borrow from them again. That is true. That they only gave him the money so they can watch him squirm and tease him and punish him. Mm. A small part of me makes me think that also they gave him the money because they don't want their sister and their niece and nephew to have no money either. So there was that element to them to it as well. Yeah. It wasn't just to be absolute bitches. No. And they, I mean, they clicked on that pretty quickly as well. It's not like they needed any twisting of the arm to help out with the mortgage payment. Yeah. Now we've got a couple of people who, or a couple of things we need to mention, don't we, Mitch? We do. One of them... Big Roddy's. You have the details. So yes. I'm going to switch off. Big Roddy's Rippin' Rib Shack. How great is that name? It's like Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, um, I mean, I, hopefully he's not Rowdy Roddy Peeper, is all I will say. <laughs> <laughs> but situated in Brisbane. So it's a Rippin' Burger place that has Simpsons references and puns littered throughout. And Henry, our man who runs the uh, restaurant, mm-hmm. he wants our listeners to go there and try and find as many. Uh, puns and references as they possibly can. For example, he doesn't call the tomato sauce ketchup. He calls it catsup, catsup. which I really, really like. Now, this What is- I like is that he commits to that even if people aren't Simpsons fans. Yes. So they'll come <laughs> and go, what is catsup? <laughs> yes. Now, the thing is, very special offer just for you four-finger discount listeners. If you're mm-hmm. in Brisbane and you want some delicious ribs or hamburgers, and he sells just southern food, yeah, fried yeah. food. Yep. From, again, let that name again. It is Big Roddy's Rippin' Rib Shack. He's oh, amazing. I know, I right? mean, it's, it promises so much. <laughs> it does. It gets, it gets me excited just reading it. Yeah. Uh, the website is bigroddysribs.com. And if you are a four-finger discount listener and you go there, you will get a 10% discount if you say the code word, it's a secret. If you say that at when you order your food, you will get a 10% discount courtesy of four-finger discount. I believe that specifically needs to be in your best Lenny impression. Yes, it does. Yes. So, it's a secret. Now, I've just looked it up. Yes. This guy is rated like you wouldn't believe. I know. It looks delicious, the food, too, like, doesn't here, it? Here are just the, the, the overall reviews. 4.9 out of 5 on Facebook from 212 reviews. 4, four out of 5 on Zomato. And I saw one more. 4.6 out of 5 on Google. Like This is the place to be four, if you're in Brisbane. 4.5 on TripAdvisor. If you want some good food, go this to guy Big is Roddy's little, Rippin' Rib Shack. This guy's loved. <laughs> I know, right. Now, also... There's a book coming out from one of our listeners. His name is Mr. Preston T. Francis. And he's got a book and it's called The Fictionals and the Book Club Rebellion. It's available now on mm-hmm. barnesandnobles.com. Do you want to know what the story's about, Mitch? Please do, because that title intrigues the shit out of me. It the is. Fictionals. <laughs> the Fictionals, And the yeah. Book Club Rebellion. It sounds, like, it sounds like to me it's going to be like a Stranger Things kind of deal. I mean, based on title alone, yeah, it, it has that premise. Like You certainly feel like there's going to be elements of sci-fi in there. 80s sci-fi where kids... But by, I mean, it doesn't uh, necessarily need to be 80s. Let's 
let's not get all hung up on this fucking Stranger Things, yeah, 80s yeah, revisionist okay. bullshit. Like yeah. just Jumanji. It 90s. takes <laughs> it takes more than putting an ET poster up on a wall to make good entertainment. Is all I'm saying. But the point is, this guy sounds like he has got it nailed based on title alone, which is how I judge all of my books. Well, wait for the description. Wait, there is more. Here we go. This is a story set in regular high school where three friends discovered that some of their classmates are fictional characters from classic stories, many of which are literature's most notorious villains. These evil fictionals have dark plans for the world. It is up to these three friends to find a way to stop them and uncover the dark history of their town if they want to live to see graduation. I like that he doesn't tell you who the fictionals are. Because, I mean, it might be Dracula. It might be Edward Cullen. I don't know if he was... I mean, I, I think Edward was a villain at some point. Uh, it might be, I don't know, who else is Garfield? <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Giant. No, he's not a villain. Why not? Well, maybe. He could for, be in this one. For a scene or two. It could be. Like a <laughs> it specifically says villains, <laughs> but no. But it's for me, it sort of feels like a, taking back to when I was a kid reading the Goosebumps books. It's intriguing. It's like Goosebumps for adults. I can't wait to read this book. So, The Fictionals and the Book Club Rebellion. Get it right now on barnesandnobles.com by Preston T. Francis. Now, Mitch, getting back to the episode, I've got some trivia. Have you got some trivia? I do. I've also got an alternate title. What is it? Do you have an alternate title? I keep forgetting. Why do you keep forgetting? I don't know why. Well, I've got two, luckily. Um, (laughs) The first one is Barty Elliott, just to focus on the subplot there of Bart learning ballet, which is something I'd completely forgotten. Ever yes. existed, actually. Uh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let alone in this episode. And the other one, a bit of a Simpsons throwback. Sister, can you spare two dimes? Sister, can you spare two dimes? That would have been a better one. <laughs> Homer versus Patty and Summer is just so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily give away anything to do with the episode. Like, any time Homer and Patty, Homer, Patty and Selma are in the same room, it's Homer versus Patty and Selma. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Finally, I think I've outed. I've, I've ousted the Simpsons. Simpsons writers. Not outed them because, I mean, that's their decision to make yes. whenever they want to, you know, and who am I to judge? But certainly a better name. My first question, what's the slogan of a, the A1 discount broker? Oh. No. Our commissions offset your losses. Our commissions offset, okay. Um... What three sports filled up when Bart was looking for a last I knew minute option? Pick that. And one of them's really hard because the board was actually already covered yeah. before you see it. It's not soccer, is it? When nope. uh, I, I didn't look. Lap running. Lap running. Pull ups. Pull ups. Okay. I believe it would be pull ups. What was that because third it one where you with sort of... uh, Gender issues in sport. Gender issues in sport. So not even an actual yeah, sport. Yes. <laughs> Homer will stop eating lipstick if Patty and Selma stop coming over after what time? Eight o'clock. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Basically when he gets home from work. Okay. Uh, Where were the signs posted for the sports sign-up day? Where were they posted? Mm. As in the signs saying, this is coming up. This is a big event. I don't know. All over the library. Do we see, where do we see that? You don't see it. Lisa references it. Where Bart says, how did I, like, uh, how did I, you know, I didn't know the sports sign-up day. Like, how did you not see the posters? It's all over the library. That's it. Yep, yep. What grade did Homer push a dog around like a vacuum cleaner? In what grade? Third? Third grade. Third grade. Were you ever a library kid, just out of curiosity? I used to like going to the library, yeah, during lunch times. Mm-hmm. I liked to play card games. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, sweet. We didn't have... Well, I didn't actually play. I used to just enjoy watching my friends play Blummy. You know Blummy. Yeah. Uh, Magic the Gathering. I used to play that all the time. Okay, yeah. cool. I I mean, I, I alternated. So, sometimes I would go to the library. Sometimes yeah. I would go to play footy. Sometimes if I'd offended one of the jocks, I would go hide in the library so they couldn't beat me up. Mm. You know, classic high school gags. Yeah. But uh, mostly I was, um, I mean, when National Geographic came in, you're like, breasts. 
<laughs> well, I, I didn't do that. But <laughs> the exact way I said it every time up until I was 23. Breasts. What is the flavour of int- of the international coffee? Oh, you sounded weird when you did it. It's meant to be home uh, burned gone. Yes. Burned. Yeah. Well, it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> what is the flavour of um, international coffee? Montreal Morn. Yes. Uh, which was my question. So I'll follow up with what flavour did they actually have? Nescafe? Yeah. yeah. I'm really, really sorry. Yeah. What is the subheading of the ballet recital? Um, uh, stand on your own two toes. The T is for silent. Oh, the T is the T is for silent. Yes. <laughs> uh, what, according to the ballet instructor, or who, according to the ballet instructor, uh, are Bart's two heroes? Batman was one, and Magellan was the other, okay. who was the first European to cross the Pacific Ocean. What is the name of the limo company? I don't want to look it up because that would be cheating. Larry's limos or something like that? Classy Joe's. Classy Joe's. Mm, Nowhere near it. Uh, (laughs) I'm done. How much does it cost Homer for being a jerk, according to him? Minus how many points? 10 points? Being a jerk minus a million million points. A million points. I knew one of them was a million. (laughs) Was it nagging the driver was 10 points and then being a jerk was a minus a million points? And finally... What letter does Homer only half fill? C. C, correct. Yes. Always C. Always Statistically, C. actually, if you just go C's, then that's, you know, if you have no idea what's going on, just go C. Really? Mm. <laughs> I have nothing to back that up. <laughs> yeah, I no, I did read it, but I'm not going to look up the, the theory behind it all. Quick question for you. Have you ever borrowed money off of a family or friend and it affected the relationship? Mm. Or have you ever loaned money? See, I've loaned money. Yeah. And that's a that's a mistake. No, no. In either case, no. You've never loaned money. I mean, I've loaned small amounts of money, but well, actually, never even really that. Like, I've bought things for people. The problem is, when, but when I've never. I've, no, I've never been. I've never had anyone ask me for money, and I've never had to. Um, at that time, there was a time that I got like mugged at an ATM, and my you dad, did. Yeah, this is years ago. Come on, sorry, tell us. You got mugged. Yeah, there's not a lot of a story behind it. I nearly got mugged by my footy teammates. I think I've told that story. Let's not crack into the post-traumatic stress. But <laughs> like Jesus, was it legit mugged? What sort of what sort so of psychiatrist? Held up you? with a weapon. Well, mugged? you did. Story. Lay it on me. Yeah, guy came. So I was at a ATM in Footscray, and a guy came. Two guys, sorry, um, but one of them had a knife. Came up behind me, what? and just as I'd put the card in, basically came up directly behind me and just went, "All right, empty the account." And I said, "Yes, sirs." <laughs> Please, As you would. Please no stabby stabby. Yeah. There's the they, money. They just took the money yeah, and left. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Um, but anyway, so my dad uh, was brilliant and I, like without even asking for it, uh, threw, a, threw me a little bit to be able to help get that's by. A bit it was that's a bit day, different though. That's supporting the somebody. day after payday. Uh, did so you have a good like, paying job at that point? I know, well, no. But, but I back mean, then, any money's good money. Any money was good money. Yeah. I was 20. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Alrighty, so... Uh, there's not many facts about the episode. It's just the fact that Susan Sarandon and Mel Brooks were the guest stars for the mm-hmm. episode. Mel Brooks, his wife, played the psychiatrist in The Fear of Flying. So yeah. that's where they first, or he first sort of, not heard about The Simpsons, but got in contact with them. And they were big fans of Mel, so they asked for him to well, come well, on. As you would be. Like yes. Anyone in a legend. Yeah. And Susan Sarandon's kids were big fans of the show. And she requested that she come on the show, so they got her in. Apparently okay. she was late, but when she was there, she was the ultimate pro- professional. Yeah, right. It says that they Much tried to design the ballet teacher to look a bit like a... I don't see it. It's been a while since I've had Susan Sarandon's face in my head. I always so. just think of Rocky Horror Susan Sarandon. She wouldn't have been Rocky Horror Susan yeah, Sarandon no. by that point. 
I always just think of the Family Guy sketch with her and Vince Vaughn. I'd in two don't. people who look like they never sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, did you get some sleep last night? Yeah, why? Well, you look tired. Yeah. <laughs> the original air date, February 26th, 1995. The chalkboard gag, I will remember to take my medication. And the couch gag, the family is bent onto the couch the same way the characters are in the original Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. Now, the episode kicks off with Homer gloating. He thinks he's made a very wise investment. He's offering cigars to all his friends and Moe's and they're all celebrating. They think he's done the good thing as well. I love the reveal in this of... When he's talking about how it's going to be, the, the, the stock's going to go right up in November, cut to Happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they all think he's a Wall Street genius. The good thing about this, too, is that Homer, whilst he's gloating and acting like he's rich, he still has that element of a poor man in him where he's only lighting a $1 bill yeah. to light a cigar and then not actually And, and even then, not letting it burn. Yes. This is just <laughs> the, the, you know, money to singe. Yeah, yeah. I also like that he's sharing the spoils with his friends. Yeah. You know, he's bought a box of. Presumably Cubans. Let's just say that, like you know, it's a nice, it's a celebration cigar, mm-hmm. and he's more than happy to give them out to everyone, yeah. even the ones that aren't smart enough to take the plastic off. How much money could he have possibly have made investing in pumpkins, or does he just think I he's going to make money? So he's using his money that he's got I now. Think he just thinks he's going to make money. Yeah. Uh, hence, then needing to go for a, to Patty and Selma for a loan afterwards because he's lost the money that he does have, and then he hasn't earned the money that he was expecting. Can you actually invest money in pumpkins? I don't think so. You might be able to invest <laughs> money in a company that grows and sells pumpkins there might be like a, it, a publicly listed company that yeah works on that i mean i'm sure you can you can invest in uh, well no you definitely can't invest in pumpkin futures but you could invest <laughs> pumpkin futures in in yeah you know you could invest in a farming company that bases itself on pumpkin yep yep barney forgets to take the plastic off thinks that he's seeing a sergeant pepper coming out of home is back and then we get a really great pumpkin transition where it's a, a healthy full pumpkin to a yep. rotting fly-infested pumpkin, which is outside of the broker's office. And the broker's pretty much just telling Homer, you're an idiot. You're yeah. supposed to sell it before, before Halloween. Yeah, before. before Halloween. Before. <laughs> uh, just sell one of my livers. Yes. I can get by with one. I can get by with one. Goes home and Homer thinks these house is on fire. Mm. You know, how am I going to tell the kids and yeah, Marge yeah. this? Not on fire, though. No. He thinks that it's great news. Yes. House is on fire. Insurance yep. claim. Cha-ching. Yeah. But Patty and Summer are inside the house smoking. Mm. They're terrible. They smoke. They smoked when Marge was pregnant. Yeah, but in the 90s, that happened. Like, do you remember when... Did your parents smoke at all? My mother smoked till she was pregnant with me. Apparently, she quit the day she found out she was pregnant with me. Okay. Well, my parents didn't smoke during pregnancy, but or at least mum didn't, but... Um, Whilst you were growing up. That's what they tell me anyway. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, the deformity... You know, um, the doctors, I didn't want to say anything. The, uh, the doctor's removed. It's just a little scar. It's fine. No, There's I, a reason we don't do video podcasts. <laughs> um, I would vividly remember, like, as a, let's say, 10-year-old, that if they were having like a dinner party that they'd be smoking and then their friends would be smoking and, you know, ashtrays everywhere. And then you'd look up and there'd be like this fog, fog, like say three inch thick kind of layer of smoke just hanging from like below rain the cloud. Because this is obviously also before smoke detectors became a legal requirement in Australia. But yeah, like you'd look up and just be like, shit, that's a lot of smoke that's trapped up yeah. there. But you're kind of, I always thought it was a little bit gross because I didn't like the smell of it, but you never gave a second thought to health risks or anything along those lines. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, you puffed away. I can't hang out in a room full of smoke. I'm allergic, not allergic to smoke, but I get really bad hay fever okay. with smoke. I get hay fever just thinking about it. Yeah, I, right. So I'm not, like, I don't, I don't like people that smoke in, I'm sorry, I won't say I don't like people who smoke inside. I'm not a big fan of smoking inside, but Especially I also, cars as well. I also understand that, like, it's your own choice. And if you want to smoke, like, I'm not one of those ones where you see someone someone's out smoking in a park or something like that and someone walks by them and like, 
I'm like, come on, man. Like, they're not allowed to smoke inside. They're not allowed to smoke at restaurants. They're not allowed to smoke near fucking doors. They have gone so far out of their way not to upset you. You're surrounded by fresh air. Don't get too upset what just about, because someone's puffing. What about if you're in a car with a friend and they start smoking, they put it... They, Put it out the window. Uh, don't, it doesn't get rid of the, all the smoke. It's very rare that I'm in a car with a friend anymore. I just drive on my own now. So that I'm, I'm too embarrassed to drive anyone around in my car these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've been. I have smoked a cigar in my car before. Really? Just went on. A, I had like a by sm- yourself. Yeah, I had a three-hour drive ahead of me. I was heading. What did you listen to at the time? The Whitlam's. Okay. <laughs> I was driving uh, the Whitlam's and then Crowded House. I wanted to have a bit of an Australian. Well, hey now, hey now. Australian slash New Zealand. But yeah, I was like, it was a beautiful kind of 28 degree summer day. I was driving from uh, Geelong to Shepparton, which is like a three, three and a half hour trip. I was like, fuck it. I know what this needs. It needs some laid back tunes and a cigar in the country. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have one cigar. Thank you. Where'd you get it from? Uh, Dan Murphy's. They sell like real big fat long bastards. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's what they were called. I've never taken a puff of a smoke in my life. Not one. Oh, really? Okay. Probably should do it once just for the sake of it. Yeah. I mean, a puff's not going to hurt you. Like, see, I... I've, I've, I don't smoke very often. We don't often. endorse smoking, by the way, people. No, but I, I do think that the people have gone a little bit too far away from it. There's still an element of smoking that's cool, and I will stand by that I know, forever. you've said it before. It's cool, but it's not healthy. <laughs> no, it's not healthy, but I mean, shit, neither neither is eating nothing but... Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers, yeah, exactly. 14 cheeseburgers in one night. It's Someone told me today, sushi's not good for me. Um, I, I said, yes, I understand it's probably not great for me, but it's better for me than a deep fried large chips from KFC. Mm. Were they eating that at the time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to make themselves feel because, better. Because I, I said, they said, why don't you want KFC? I said, no, I'm fine with sushi. Oh, sushi's bad for you, you know. I'm like, mm. you're eating KFC. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. What are you doing there with that salad? That's not going to give you the proteins <laughs> that you need. <laughs> Jerk. So anyway, getting back to the episode. Basically, Paddy and Son were just being classic Paddy and Son were just putting down Homer, making him feel like shit. They're celebrating their promotion. Mm. I completely forgot that's why they're actually over there in the first place. And it's a great seed plant for the finale, for the final scene where Homer actually saves their promotion. Yeah. So, they're making fun of him. Time to take out the trash. But first, <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to leave. They don't want to leave. So, they... This, is a, the, hold to the this is a brilliant moment yeah. of, of how to evacuate your in-laws. Homer really does not like Paddy and Salma. No. Lifts up the couch and just throws them out. I'm sorry. Homer doesn't mean to be rude. He's just a very complicated man. Wrong! This next scene, I've read here where people have said this next moment really symbolises the different perplexities of Homer's personality. Mm. That he's impulsive and he's crazy and where he smashes the plate on his head. I think they're looking into it a bit too much. It says here, he mentions that the moment from the episode where Marge tells her sisters, this moment here, that he doesn't mean to be rude, he's just a very complicated man, after which he breaks the plate over his head and shouts wrong. He writes that it's a revelatory moment. It's illustrative of the several of the best known aspects of Homer's character. His impulsiveness, his inherent silliness, his evident, even physical stupidity. Is that looking into that moment too much? Yep. I mean... I mean, it is and it isn't. I don't think it's intended to be like a microcosm of who Homer is. But by the same token, if you wanted... Like, if you just found that particular moment funny, then it's, that's the way you would talk it. That's the way you would try to crowbar that moment into the book. Yeah. But yeah, you, you wouldn't... Like, when The Simpsons is committed to the National Archives and they're like, okay, give us your best Homer moments, that's probably not going to be one of them. Basically, it's just Marge. The way she always talks about Homer to Patty and Summer is he's not all bad, he's not all bad, but they only ever see him at his... He's mm. most stupid. Finally, in this episode here, he actually saves them. They realise maybe we were being a, bit, being a bit hard on him all this time. Homer's listening to their conversation and she says, you know, one thing about Homer is you can always count on him to provide for his family. And this is where he realises, shit, I need to pull my head in. Mm. But then he goes and calls up Vegas. Yeah. And puts <laughs> Hello, it all Vegas. On. I love that. Like, Hello, Vegas. Yes. You can even hear the casino in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a hundred on red. All right, yeah, check. Can I um just 
point out quickly, by the yeah. way, that they do slip in a really great insult from Patty and Selma here when they're talking to Marge yeah, about, about time kids. to get time to get rid of Homer. Yeah, I know we gave you some kids, but when seeds when the seeds have been planted, you throw away the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> that is a brilliant, not only insult to Homer, but to men in general. Yeah. Like that is a great... That's all we need them for. That is as good a put down that from a feminist that you will ever get. <laughs> Homer is then trying to come up with a plan in bed. I love, Like you've mentioned this before, I love it when there's Homer and Marge in bed. Mm. Just trying to put together plans. And Well, at this point, it's only Homer. Yes, and he's too tired. It's too hard for him, so he falls asleep. He dreams of this invention. If you actually freeze frame it, you can actually see the invention. It looks oh, kind of like a gobstopper. Okay. Got little prongs coming yeah, out. Of yeah, it I do remember the prongs coming out. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then when he wakes up, well, Marge wakes him up. He almost lets the cat out of the bag. Oh, Marge, my loyal wife. Of course not. And Lisa, my little princess. And who could forget, dear Rat Boy? Rat Boy, I resent that. Marge, I told you before, stop gnawing on the drywall. That's stupid. It makes me laugh though. <laughs> is, is that about? Is that sort of like the peak humor in this episode though? Um, I don't know if it's oh, my favorite peak. moment is there. Let's rush him. <laughs> We've done nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it actually probably is one of the the laugh out loud moments, just because of how ridiculous it is. How ridiculous it is! It just comes from nowhere. He's more sucking like, on the drywall. Yeah, he's a little bit, <laughs> but like you know, the fact that he sees everyone in his family so highly, except Bart. Yeah, little rat boy. Um, do you remember why Marge was waking Homer up? By the way. Why no? I'd say I feel like this is a reference that any husband slash boyfriend will pick up on in that, or not not a reference you'll pick up on, but like something that's happening in your once life. Once a man decides he's going to sleep, he's going to sleep. Yeah, and and if he sees that his wife is asleep, sacred ground. You don't wake her up for anything. But Marge comes in, Homer, wake up. There's still a few minutes until our usual bedtime. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. I Nicola is shocking because Nicola's an early riser. I'm not. So, it'll be the weekend. It'll be 7.30, quarter to 8 on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I want to sleep until 8.30, 9 mm-hmm. o'clock. She has to wake me Nothing up. Nothing wrong with that. Sleeping in. Mm. Exactly. But she wants. She takes Jet for a walk at 6.37 a.m. every Sunday. That's fine. Yeah. Do what you want. I sleep through it. But she pokes me and wakes me up because we have a breakfast. She organized a breakfast without telling me <laughs> the day before. <laughs> which she, well, I was going to say, which she did at 6 a.m. that morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's organized a breakfast at 8.30. And I mm. said, and it was about 8 o'clock. I said, I'll, get, I'll be ready by 8.30. I'll be ready, I'll be ready. She's like, get out of bed, get out of bed. I said, Nicola, once more. <laughs> Didn't hear a peep. <laughs> so, so I get the, I'll often wake up on a weekend earlier and just slot, silently take my exit and go play PlayStation or something like that. Yeah, or maybe your time. Movie. And Quite then I time. get, why didn't you wake me up? I'm like, because I'm not an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> you, so you were asleep. You, you was, never wake up a sleeping woman, ever. No, no, never wake up a sleeping person. No, ever. They need it. Yes, there's a reason we sleep. Our body <laughs> needs to sleep. <laughs> uh, Bart and Millhouse are then walking to school. And Bart is, it's like he's attempting to make them late. Paul Millhouse. Yeah, like it's a game of chicken, basically, about who's got more courage to be later. And Millhouse isn't having a bar of it. He, no. he, he's, he's, he's not a goody-goody, but he can see the benefits of getting to school on time. He doesn't want detention. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. What is the he point doesn't want to be in trouble. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, then we cut to the school and Skinner's making the announcement about the PE sign-up. Mm-hmm. Is this a regular thing in the States? Because we never did that here. PE oh. sign-up. I remember doing that in a high... PE sign-up? In Belmont. Like, not as in sign-up, but there were... There was at least two years where you had like elective sports where safer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like you signed up to PE. PE itself is a class that you do. But then within that, um, we had one year where you could 
learn to go play golf or you could play table tennis or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there were different games that came along for a two or three week period. I think that's what this is doing. This is primary school though. It's elementary school. Which is their version of primary school. No, because they have a school before that. Elementary school. They're they're third and fourth grade. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sorry, which is... uh, But I mean, our primary school starts earlier than elementary school is what I was getting at. Oh, but I'm saying even in third and fourth grade, we didn't get to pick what sports we're going to do. It was just just sport class. Not at that age, but... I don't know, maybe it's a slightly different system over there, but yeah. I think that's all it was. It's not, as I said, everyone's doing PE. Yeah, yeah. This was, what exactly do you want to do for the next little period? How great was sport class at school? It was the highlight for mm. me. That in art class, because you did nothing in art class. Yeah, I didn't like being really bad at something. You're not good at I'd drawing? I suck at drawing. I wasn't terrible, but I wasn't, by, I was by no means the best. No, like I, there aren't many things that I'll put my hand up and go, yeah, I'm awful at that. I have no, I don't even have like a skerrick. You have to draw... Not even an inkling of skill in this <laughs> ability. Like, if if you... All I can do is draw st- stick figures. But if you ask me to draw a stick figure, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> like, if I want... I fuck it up somehow. I cannot make something look the way I want it to look. <laughs> so, it's going to make the announcement. And the kids all then race to the hall. And they're saying... Bart Too bet- many wee ones! Yes. Bart, bet- Bart and Milhouse better get here soon or they're going to be stuck in TS. Poor Ralph. Tethered swimming. (laughs) I don't feel right. (laughs) Then Milhouse hears the bell, races off, and Bart's not worried at all. He's going to entertain himself. He doesn't Mm. care. He can have fun by himself. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Cuts Um, to Homer at most. Did anyone else watching, and I say that to asking listeners that aren't going to be able to answer, but did anyone else think back to Cartman with um, Jennifer Lopez? (laughs) How great is (laughs) it? Homer is at Moe's and this is a really creepy scene. So he's asking Moe for money <laughs> and Moe says, because you have no collateral, I'm going to have to break your legs now. Are you a loan shark? Do you understand how finance works? And the, the music cue and Homer's just sort of walking backwards. Yeah. I'm out of here. I want no <laughs> part of this. I love that he grabs the sledgehammer. Yeah, now let's do this thing. Yeah, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> Even Homer's smart enough to realise that that's not a good idea. But as then I as think that's how cash converters loans work. Yeah. <laughs> I can probably get sued for saying that, actually. So, let's take that out. Back at school and Bart has realised he has missed PE sign-up day. And it's a nice touch here that Lisa is dressed up in hockey, the only sport she is good at. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Well, yes. Well done then. Yeah. Uh, And Milhouse is not hockey because he did not like hockey at all, did he? No. (laughs) No, it didn't work out so well for Milhouse. Skinner then points out there's only one left and it's... Is it the coolest one he calls it? Ballet? Ballet, yeah. Yes, and Bart's... Doesn't want any part of it at all. He's really disappointed. Homer then asks for leeway on his. Is it leeway? Just ask for leeway on his mortgage. Extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which you're well within your rights to do. Which is you're ever in financial times. But he's hard financial times. He's not going to get a a yes. No, Mrs. Simpson. That's a bad (laughs) sign. I love that he's been pre-declined for credit cards. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then he gets the whole "I'll take the numbers off my house" gag. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if you don't come up with that money by tomorrow. The bank is going to take your house. Well, good luck finding it because I'm going to take the numbers off tonight. Well, we'll look for the house with no numbers. And I'll take off the numbers on my neighbor's house. So well, then we'll look for the house next to the house with no numbers. All right, you'll get your money. Then it's time for him to go to... I haven't revealed who it is yet, but he, he's there his last straw. He yeah. needs the money. Now, he, were you expecting this to be like Reverend Lovejoy or something? I think it's because I remember it being Patty and Summer. I wasn't expecting okay. anybody else. I felt like because of the fact that it was a close-up on him that I was waiting for a gag rather than a story plot reveal. Yep, true. Okay, yep. Uh, yeah, I just... I think it's because I knew. I can't really remember what I first thought. Uh, you know, probably what it was is because I was thinking of... It has elements of when he goes to the mob in the Twisted World of March Simpson. Yeah, true. Where it's like, you know... Um, 
because you actually see him in a church in that moment and then the reveal is that it's Fat Tony. It's them, but yep. anyway, yeah, that was kind of... I was thinking that maybe he'd be kicked out from one more area before going to these guys. Yep. I have a dog that's very sick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> continue. <laughs> we get the uncontrollable laughter. That's a pretty funny gag, actually. That, like, the longer that goes on, and it's great laughing by Dan. Yeah. I'd love to watch him acting that. It'd be pretty great. It'd be, it'd be amazing. I wonder how, like, how into it he gets. He starts, and then everyone else at the table read just gets up to make a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> just let him go for five minutes. Pick the best bits. Come back from commercial. Homer is much happier now because his financial woes are gone. What a wonderful dinner. What a beautiful family. Someone get a picture of me with my armor on the steak. You're certainly in a good mood tonight, Dad. Well, Lisa, I managed to solve a little problem today. And to celebrate, I'm going to tilt my chair. Mmm, slanty. Then we get an unexpected visit from Patty and Selma. Mm. And Homer almost left the cat out of the bag here. Well, they nearly let the cat out of the bag because he's going to be... Rude to them and throw them out. Yeah, well, he's got them in a headlock. Yeah, yeah. And like Marge, uh, was it something about, you know, be careful with their fragile necks. Don't yeah. worry, nothing's broke except home. Yes, and Marge, what's going on there? What do you mean? Homer realizes this shit, I'm in trouble yeah. here. I need to cover up yeah. for it. So these two fabulous day babes are now staying for dinner. Well, they stuck their heads in his armpits. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> could have had a funnier gag there, I think. They just said, well, that's a smell I could have done without. Uh, sort of like that line, that's the obvious line. Mm. I felt like the Simpsons writers by this point are better than that. I didn't mind. I think it was well delivered, though. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah but and Patty and Selma, when they're just talking to each other, it, they're more that dry, out the side of the mouth kind of comments. So it's probably yeah. more keeping in character okay. that yeah, that's true. what the line is. So they've had their visit and they haven't argued because Homer's been a very good boy. He's behaved himself. And Marge is very happy about this. She's like, it's time for a celebration. I'm going to get the most international coffee we have. She walks off. <laughs> and this is where Patty and Selma break it down to Homer's. We own you now. Whatever we say, you must do. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what's interesting about this particular scene yes. and kind of, it's a little bit sad, is how happy Marge is with the fact that they're all getting along without having any idea what the reason behind it is. She doesn't know that it's fake. She just thinks that they've had a wonderful night together where everyone was friendly. Um, well, she actually mentions later in the episode that it's very hard for me how you guys are always arguing. Mm. Like, how do you think I feel having to sit there in between you guys and be the mediator? Yeah. So, you, you feel, I, I felt bad for Marge in knowing that it was all going to blow up and that this sort of new reality was going to be pulled away from her. I've never seen, I've never experienced the whole hating the in-laws dynamic. Mm. You see on so many movies and so many TV shows, the in-laws hate the husband or the sister-in-law hates the, the, the husband or whatever. Have you ever experienced that? I've never... No. Ex- I think like, common sense prevails. If you don't like somebody, you just wouldn't visit. You know what I mean? Like You wouldn't go to someone's house just to put them down all the time. Yeah, no, of course. But I mean, comedy is... You Based need, off that. Yeah, yeah. you need uh, attention. For that style of comedy to work, but yeah, no. In in real life, um, I've never had any issues for for one. So probably Maybe probably, probably more people in my own family that don't like me than in ashes. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives him the foot massage. Then Bart is go. He goes into the ballet for the first time. The girls all laugh at him. It's kind of like when he goes into the other uh, Boy Scouts. He's like the outsider. Yeah, and I mean, even the fact that the girls are like, "What's a boy doing in here?" Yeah, and he, he doesn't think he's going to like it. Eventually, he mm. will. And teacher gives him the pep talk. You know, you, you might like ballet. I can see, I can see potential in you. you should yeah. stay, stick around. Doing the dance of the fairy queen. Her pep talk is actually really great. Like, and yeah. she says, you might be the next Parishnikov. Um, strength. She really is super passionate and is a great uh, leader. She's a good teacher. Yeah. She reminds me of sort of like that, not Robin Williams' Dead Poet Society level. Mm. I had that one teacher and he was my drama teacher who... Just makes you want to learn. Yeah, it makes you want to achieve something. Yeah. Did you ever teach like that? Uh yeah, I had a couple. No one that was quite as like, 
yes, you must do this. You must live, yeah. live, damn you. But it, like, he wasn't you know. like that either, but it's just a case of he made you believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I had a few um, teachers like that where, you know, any. I was a big fan of any teacher that would just break the mold and speak to you differently or like, you know, if a teacher sat cross-legged on a desk, they had me one over. I was like, <laughs> I'm like look at this guy. What's that? A convention? Yeah. <laughs> Push that out of the way. Teachers that treat you like equals. Foldy, foldy, city, city. Let's have a chat about Emily Bronte. <laughs> How did that conversation go down? I never read an Emily Bronte <laughs> book in my life, Dando. I've got nowhere to go with that sentence. Thanks for hanging me out on the fucking edge. So it cuts to Homer and he's at work, but he doesn't want to go home because Patty and Sam are going to be there. He's, they've, they've just broken his spirits, haven't mm. they? There's, there's not, and there's nothing he can do about it. No, this is can... where you really feel sorry for Homer because... All he's got is to avoid. As we mentioned, it's his own fault. But he wasn't doing it to try and be stupid. He thought he was doing the right thing. Hmm. It's just backfired. And for him. two weeks of the year, he was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was it even that long? Like he's not the first, and he won't be the last man to go broke on pumpkin futures. Lenny and Carla are trying to coax him to come to to come to Mo's. You know, get rid of that. Get rid of that self pity and come drink yourself away at, at Mo's. Bart is then not happy at ballet. So did this all transpire whilst Bart was at ballet the whole time, or was this over a period of time? Various lessons. Is this the same day? I want to say that this has transpired over different. Days. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, it would make more sense if that's the truth. Yeah. So then, Bart's not going to have gone from not wanting to at all to being a bit of an accidental genius in, one, in the space of an yeah. hour. So he's he's about to give throw it all away. He's he's had enough. He does not want to do ballet mm. purely just because it's ballet. He doesn't want to make an effort yeah. at all. And then once he's trying to get the outfit off, well, there's one word I've quoted it here: uh, love of dance, impossible to resist. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Jack McFarlane and Will and Grace doing the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's. It is a little bit uh, Will and Grace, actually, but it's a beautiful animation. Yes. Like Bart is drawn to look so light and feathery as he floats through. He's a great ballet dancer. Yeah. Paddy and Summer are then pushing Homer around at uh, home. He walks in, light our smoke. You're already smoking. They put the smokes out, yep. light them again. They then threaten to tell Marge if he doesn't do what they say. Mm. It's just mean. Yeah, that's at this point, they're just treating him like prisoner yeah this is slave. the moment you mentioned but it's not it's not hard to watch but it almost is where they're making him buckle up the dog unfair. and whatnot. it's really unfair it's it's uncomfortable mm. yeah if, if, if you if this was a real life sitcom this would be uncomfortable to watch yeah be like, it's not funny anymore yeah You're just exactly. treating this poor guy like dirt who is only doing it to support his family just mm. fucking let him live yeah yeah like the moments of them treating him like shit aren't funny at all it only becomes funny again when he gives her the raps really nothing much yeah, when yeah. she walks into the room that he yeah. can't snap out of the character and he's so desperate to hide the truth from her like that that element of it is funny throughout the entire episode but them being shit to him doesn't really bring much comedy it was very clever from home where he tries to burn the IOU as he's lighting the smokes yeah <laughs> that's why they're making Bart like a dog so it, the piece of paper then floats onto the lamp is this projection accurate <laughs> what it, wasn't the, accurate was the way March was drawn in that particular moment yeah Did you I didn't notice really no. I think it's because they've gone for like they had a really big wide angle kind of thing going on to get the IOU the up IOU, on the screen yeah. and it distorted her face. Something shocking. Okay. Didn't notice. I'll have to go back and check it out. Patty and someone then just straight up tell March and Homer just can't believe it. He's like, well, <laughs> fucking, you've told it now, so get the fuck out of my house. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. <laughs> the sight of Marge flying through the air <laughs> as he's tossing her out. <laughs> Sorry, Marge. Sorry, Marge. Runs back in. Homer is incredibly ashamed at this point because Marge now knows, or he feels he's failed, Hmm. Great thing about here is though, Marge, Marge still supports get, him. Yeah, she doesn't get angry. Like, I, I understand you made a mistake. We will get through this. You yeah, know? I understand if you want to sleep on the couch tonight <laughs> as he walks up the stairs. <laughs> we come um, back and I'm home. just bringing up. Yeah, so this is Marge's face. And is this projection accurate? It's not too bad. It's one of those things where. Well, that's fine. That looks like it should be the front of her neck. 
Like her head is completely turned around and twisted. So her boobs are on that side. Yeah, I know, but like it looks That's like weird. the front of her neck there. This is perfect for that Simpsons screenshot. Yeah, the, the best Simpsons, Simpsons faces. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back, and Homer is hiding under the table. Nobody make me any breakfast. A man so deeply in debt doesn't deserve it. But I'd like to make you breakfast. Well, in that case, I'll just have French toast with double butter and a side of bacon. But no powdered sugar. I don't deserve it. Maybe a little powdered sugar. Maybe a little powdered sugar. <laughs> Good <is> that? <laughs> Maybe a little. It's just great that Marge still supports him, though, even though she knows what's happened here. Yeah. Money's just money. You can always just make more. You know what I mean? For the most part. I mean, that's a little dismissive of people that can't, but, <laughs> but I guess. Yeah. yeah. Bart is then showing off at the ballet. He's, he loves it now. He's like, yeah. he's the man. Yeah. Like he's opening the drink, Brian leaning, on, leaning on the bench. Some two so triple lights while wearing a blindfold. <laughs> uh, not that I'm in that kind of thing. <laughs> Teacher then mentions the recital is next week and Bart grows concerned. This, what, in front of my peers? Yeah, they're he's going to have to dance in front of the gonna, They're going to beat me up, you know. Homer is then looking for a second job because he needs to pay back this debt. Mm-hmm. He's reading the wrong newspaper though. It's a novelty one. No wonder I don't remember Bart being voted the world's greatest sex machine. This is where he sees on the TV the commercial for being learning how to be a limo driver. Yep. So he figures, I'll just do this without yep. actually getting a license. Yep. And then we get a kind of, what I thought was a weird joke at first, and then I thought long and X-Files. hard about why it existed. Not so much the X, I mean, they play the X-Files yeah. music, but... Well, the TV could have been on before Homer started so, reading the paper. Yeah, I mean, so it's him saying to Lisa, thanks for turning the TV on. I didn't turn it on. Well, in any case, turn it off. It is off. So <laughs> that is not the Xbox theme. Charge. No, no, no. In your head, that might sound like the X-Files music, but I'm telling you, that was not the X-Files music. I, it wasn't the charge music either. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> anyway, the point is, um, it's, a, it's a joke about how conveniently in TV shows, you either will or won't hear background sound. And background okay, noise. Yeah. That's well, it's, well, characters are in the same room, but they don't hear the conversation yeah, happening. Yeah, exactly. You're not yeah. hearing... Like, they're having this conversation. The TV's been at that... Presumably, the TV has to be at that volume for the entire time, but we only hear the exact moment that it needs. And, it, for example, when there's people in the same room, they'll say something no later than what they were previously saying, but then mm. the person on the other side of the room will hear them all of a exactly. sudden because it's convenient. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, that's what that joke's about. Yeah. Okay, for cool. anyone that may have been confused. And isn't comedy great when you break it down and explain it? <laughs> <laughs> so much funnier. <laughs> Bart is nervous about going out and performing in front of the crowd because it's mostly kids from detention and kids and, and not and, only and that, other schools. Yeah, troublemakers from other schools yes. have been bust in. I love his mask. <laughs> Pretty great. It's a little bit gimpish. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but I just love it. It just suits the costume so much. He's graceful yet masculine. So it's okay for me to enjoy this. This reminds me of the movie Fame. And to a lesser extent, the TV series, which was also called Fame. The way they berate him at the end of it, and the way what Jimbo just said then, that's Mm. what kids say, right? Yeah. Would that work on television now? Because it's sort of saying it's only okay for him to like the dancing because Mm. it's masculine. No, it's probably would be viewed as being too homophobic to be made fun of these days. But is it? Is that just taking it to the extreme? Um, or is it, is it important to not say that on TV so kids growing up don't think that's how you should think? I think to an extent it is, yeah. yeah. And that's that's where people have learned more about that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, that's not to say that the joke has homophobic intentions in any way, shape or form, but it's no. just, you know... That's, it was 1995. Or yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just the difference between the world then and the world now. Homer is driving Mel Brooks. I loved your movie, Young Frankenstein. Scared the, the hell, hell out, out of me. me. Amazing. <laughs> I also love that like he tries to con- like the worst thing possible, trying to talk him into quoting his own movies yes. back and forth. Yep. <laughs> now Mel- two thousand year old man or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and Mel's having none of it. But then as soon as he does the line, no matter, he's like, oh, you know, you need the genius of Carl Reiner and the and then the our comedic timing, our chemistry, like, yeah, the chemistry, and um, just breaks the first line, and then Brooks straight into it, <laughs> launches in. <laughs> What's the desire? We can pull him over. What was the reason? Because his light indicator wasn't working. He or whatever. thought that the tail light like, seems like you've got a glitch with your tail light. It was flashing when you made that turn. Is that yeah? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> He's got no license though, so he says it's time that you have to go into the DMV. Yeah. These two chicks can help you out. And he screams at Patty and Summer. Brooks says, I need to get out of here because this mm-hmm. guy is fucking crazy. Hey, hey, you're Mel Brooks. Sure, I'll give you a ride. Oh, thank you. Uh, on the way, we can do that uh, $2,000 man thing. Mm. You be Carl Reiner, and I'll be uh, Police Chief Wiggum. Listen, why don't you play Carl Reiner and let me play Police Chief Wiggum? I hate Carl Reiner. Bart then feels accepted because everyone likes his dancing. So he's reduced people to tears. Yes. He's genuinely moved people. He feels comfortable enough to take off his mask and realize it's me, Bart Simpson, who has moved you. And then we get a perfect Simpsons rug pull of everyone going, dancing like a girl. <laughs> Let's rush him. <laughs> if dancing, like, if doing ballet means I'm a sissy, I guess I'm a sissy. He's a sissy. Get him. I just love that. Let's rush him. So they all chase after him. Did you notice Nelson's lackeys from the first season were part of the crew running after him? Oh, no, I didn't. But once they got outside, you never saw him again, but Mm. they were running down the halls. Okay. Uh, Leaps into a hole. Another one of those Homer jumping over the gorge moments. You think he's going to make it. Particularly when you get the ballet instructor coming and he's like, do it, Bart. Um, Straight down. I love Dead. Looks like he took a pretty bad spill. Spill. (laughs) Amazing. As long as he's hurt. (laughs) Spill. I just love that. Lisa here. It's a bit over the top. For me, it's a bit over the top because you don't actually see her discussing with Bart to be yourself throughout the episode. Maybe mm. it was a deleted scene that never made it to the final yeah, cut. Yeah, it's possible. It's just she comes out of nowhere and she's like, I'm so proud of you. We're going to be kindred spirits. And it's like, but she never once mentioned throughout the episode. Like, I feel like there must have been a deleted scene where Bart went to Lisa for help. Should I do ballet? Should I not? And she would have said, just be yourself. There couldn't have been a bit about should I do ballet? Should I not? Because but she sh- has a comment in there about who is the spiky masked dancer. Which- which confuses me because surely she saw that Bart well, had to go to just, ballet. That's just a joke at how bad the um, yeah. the costume is. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you mean, sorry, she should have known that Bart was doing, doing the ballet. She doesn't know what he's doing in every time, every second. But there was, day, she was though. standing right next to him when Skinner says there's only one class left. That's a good point. Quite a few people at school should have known yes. that he was doing <laughs> ballet. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Homer is then taking the driving test because he hasn't got his license. Mm. and Just like Moses. Yes. Well, he's lining up for it. He hasn't quite started taking it yet. Marge is mentioning, as we said before... It's hard for her to have to listen to them argue all the time. Can you not just make your peace, please? Mm. They then are arguing immediately in the car during the test. Well, well, well. Look who needs us again to get his chauffeur's license. Look, all I ask is that you be fair. Oh, did not adjust side mirror. Minus one point. Failed to check blind spot. Minus two points. You won't be happy till my family thinks I'm a loser, will you? You are a loser, Homer. And we're winners. You gotta learn that. Ooh, seatbelt twisted. Minus one point. Nagging the driver. Minus ten points for you. Raise the cone. Minus five points. Being a jerk. Minus a million points. Then it comes back and he's filled out the forms incorrectly. So he's failed his test. And they're so satisfied putting the failed stamp mm. on the piece of paper. Twice. Yes. Mm. And then they start smoking. Just to, It's like post-sex. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that, yeah Well done You've read into something <laughs> Took us a hundred and whatever Hey, in, you put me down episodes. too much I do more than you say I do <laughs> Boss then catches him smoking She says that's the kind of thing That can get you guys to lose your promotion mm. And Homer starts laughing at first Looks at Marge Marge gives him the eyes Please do something about this Yeah Sticks up for him Pretends that they're his cigarettes Both of them He's apparently worse than Hitler Because he's smoking indoors mm-hmm. Or in a government building Well, you know, Hitler was one of the first to yeah, the, the Nazi government was one of the first to run an anti-smoking campaign. 
So that comment is factually accurate. Factually to run an anti-smoking campaign. Mm. So yeah, I guess he's worse than Hitler because he even Hitler didn't want to smoke. Yeah, exactly. true. In that regard, at the very do you least. reckon the writers knew that? Uh, I think it's a famous enough piece of trivia, mm, okay. and the writers are pretty smart people. They are. Yep. So they apologise to him. They can't believe that he actually saves them. Like they, they don't know how to res- respond to this. They're not used to him being nice to them. And he says, "I didn't do it for them, Marge. I did it. I did it for you. I'd kill for you. Please ask me to kill for you. No, 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 no." <laughs> then they say, "Look." We're sorry for everything. Is there, is there anything we can do? Call off the debt. Mm. Well, maybe we can just help, help you pass. You pass. Call off the debt. Debt's off. Let's go, March. That's it. <laughs> end of the episode. Funny way to end the episode. Uh, as we said, not many laugh out loud moments, but mm. it was better than I remember it being. I always remember this episode as being one of my least favorites. Mm. My take on the episode is that it's like a 7 out of 10 episode and a 9 out of 10 season. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that a surefire way to make any place smell classy is to unwrap some fresh cigars. I've learned that smoking can solve all your financial troubles. <laughs> um, well, smoking can certainly solve uh, all of the government's financial troubles. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. Okay, so it's mailbag time. Before we get into the mailbag, though, we're going to try something new as of next week, if you guys are interested. So... As you all know, if you want to have your question read out and answered on the show, it's mm. mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. But we're going to try something new. We're going to ask you guys to send in audio questions. So yeah. rather than you send it in written form and then Mitch reads it out, just speak it into your phone or whatever your own recording device, send it to us, and we'll mm-hmm. play you asking your own question on the show and then answer it. So if you want to hear yourself on Four Finger Discount, send your questions, your audio questions through the mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. It's less work for me. I like it. Yes. Alrighty, so what have we got this week, Mitch? Uh, well, on the subject of audio clips, yes, we uh, were just listening to one then. So this was emailed to we were. from Eric Lutringer, who has sent in, before we get to his actual question, um, has sent in an audio clip of him playing the Simpsons theme on the didgeridoo. Mm. They even said four-finger discount at the end. Very clever. Yes. How cool is that? So all those talents... I've, I've I've always wanted to be able to play a didgeridoo. Mm. You put your mouth to it; it's just sounds. It doesn't make it doesn't sound anything <laughs> like a didgeridoo sounds. supposed to. It's just yeah, well, you've got brrr, a, you've, it's like a fucking trumpet. Yeah, and then there's the element of the circular breathing. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It is very difficult. That shit. Like, I can't even you know rub my belly and pat my head. So to be able to circular breathe, just <laughs> exactly. fucks with me that it can is a thing that can even be done. So, so who sent that in? Uh, Eric Lutringer. Thank you for sending that in, Eric. Does he have a question as well? Well, he does. He also wanted to say that he was very happy with my Lord of the Rings monologue last week. Cool. Um. In general, what are we doing with monologues? Are we keeping monologues? It's the most self-indulgent thing that I've ever yeah. done, but I do enjoy it. I, I mentioned to you before the show, I don't. I, it's sort of like the last couple of episodes have end, ended on a bit of a flat note because it's just, all right, see you guys next week. Not and according to Eric. Yeah, and then it's, well, we did get, did you see the tweet we got? Uh, which one? Some dude sent through, he's like, if you're going to do it, at least do it, pick ones that you know how to do properly. It was cringeworthy. Oh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> Aren't, you're supposed to edit. <laughs> I can't delete tweets. Or can I delete tweets? No, I mean, you're supposed to edit me to make it sound like I know what I'm doing. I did. I did as best as I could. <laughs> it was just, if you're going to do the speeches, please do ones that you know how to do properly. That was cringeworthy. That's okay. what the tweet said. Okay. Well, that hurts. So, it's one each. It's one either way. <laughs> We're in a decider. <laughs> All right. Well, I might uh, wait a week. <laughs> <laughs> Rehearse something <laughs> Surely I thought you would have seen the tweet No I didn't favourite it That's for sure No I've got, <laughs> I've got like a uh, a block on there That I only get to read positive things on Twitter <laughs> When he sent that through I thought Oh I can't wait to see what Mitch says back to this Oh well Hearty <laughs> fuck you <laughs> Come your way uh, Because I don't know just, It's just Hey we'll see you guys next week And then it was two to three minutes of you reading out something from a movie And then that was the end of the show mm. 
don't know, it felt like it didn't have that usual hilar- Mitch, Mitch hilariousness okay, at the okay, end of the show. Okay. There's never hit Mitch hilariousness at the end of yeah, the show. It's final words, whatever, but just loose. You've got your feet up on the couch usually at that point. You're just mm. saying whatever you feel like. Which I can't do here, by the way. We're recording in the, the kitchen. Well, I'm very chair and put your foot up there if you very like. Very upright. It's because it's too warm in that studio at the moment. Anyway. Um, How hot is it today? Eric has an actual question. <laughs> something yeah, important yeah. to talk about. Okay. Uh, he's got a couple of questions, actually, so I may as well rip through them. What is your favourite type of food or dish that can only be found in Australia? Or, uh, Australian I mean, dish, yeah, yeah. Australian thing. Well, chicken palmy. The way we have a chicken palmy here. Few and far between. Yeah. Else in the world. In, the yeah. Sh- in other countries, they have put it on top of spaghetti. Mm. Um. Sizzle. That's probably the traditional. Oh no! Well, I was going to say sizzler cheese toast, but that is probably all over the world. So let's not say that. Um, are, you a, are you a marmite or vegemite man? I'm Either? a vegemite man. Vegemite, cheesy mite scrolls. Yeah, even Baker's Delight. Yeah, okay. So a cheesy mite scroll for people that aren't aware is kind of like a little twisty scroll type thing. It's got vegemite wrapped in the scroll part and then um, grilled cheese over the top. Pop that in the oven, you got yourself a delicious pastry. We had to teach the American guy at work because he said, try Vegemite once, hated it, right? Mm. But see, he he did the thing that most... Is it the guy from Oregon? From Iowa. Iowa. Yes. I, why do I always do that? Anyway, <laughs> lovely guy, Roland. But he says that he had Vegemite and toast, but they made the mistake of putting too much on. There should be more butter than Vegemite. Mm. To make a good Vegemite on toast, there should be lather it in butter, let the butter melt in, and mm. then put just sprinkle of Vegemite across the top, just enough. I don't think you can sprinkle a spread, but just, outside of that. You know, it's just a small layer of Vegemite. Not not dig into that thing with a spoon and lather it across. Just a little bit of Vegemite, 60-40, uh, butter's way, and it would be much better. If, yeah. you're gonna, if you've never had Vegemite before, don't put too much Vegemite on your toast. Mm. So that's sorted. Yeah. Um, the second question, what is, in your opinion, the worst movie based on a comic book? I've heard Daredevil's pretty terrible. A Daredevil is fucked. With Ben Affleck, it's yeah. It's really horrific, but I can't call that because... This is pre-Iron Man, before they knew what they were doing. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, my only issue is that I've not seen all of it, so I can't... Spider-Man 3! Say, well, it's not really based... I mean, it's based on comic book property, I suppose, so if you want to call Spider-Man 3 certainly right up there as far as bad comic movies go but I don't think it's the worst of all of them I'm gonna say Tank Girl okay which was based I believe on a graphic novel if not comic series I don't know a lot about Tank Girl property but I know that the movie was horrendously bad and that was even to like an 11 year old's eyes who are who's not very judgmental yeah um, I remember Howard the Duck was atrocious again I haven't actually seen Howard the Duck it's I like the look of a, him. A, I know, and I wanted to like it, but it's just... It's the fact that he has a sexual relationship with a woman, mm. and you see it. Like, you don't see it, but you see enough. That's a terrifying thing, because ducks have got, like, a corkscrew-style penis. Have they really? Yeah, okay. like, they... It's messed up. It looks like a medieval torture device. <laughs> so, to think that that's happening. But it's just a really bad movie, and George Lucas... Oh, one wasn't was not his finest moment, that's for sure. No, well, you know, he hasn't had that many fine moments. To be fair to the man. Uh, finally, Eric would like to know, as an American fan, where and when can he buy a copy of the book? He then puts in brackets, "plug book here to audience." Um, uh, where's, book, he, where's he based? The, uh, America. So the bookdepository.com. If you're based in America, jump to the bookdepository. Bookdepository.com. Search Homer's Odyssey and Embiggen Simpson's Guide, and you will be able to get yourself a copy. A question that's just recently come through on the Twitter from mm-hmm. uh, at Stephen W. Oh, you didn't Bird. put your question out today. No, I did. No one answered it. I think oh. I made it too convoluted. What'd you write? Uh, well, actually, I think I made it so people were too afraid to actually answer. It was either what embarrassing secret were you hiding from your classmates? Yeah, you, don't, you don't write that shit. Or uh, tell us about run-ins with the in-laws. 
You can't respond to any of that. Yeah, well, but that were the only two things based around the question. Yeah, and I mean, if around it was, the episode, if it was around the episode, if it was an old school in in law run in, then you know, like if it was something that happened ten years ago, surely you can tweet about it now. Mm. What's the statute of limitations on Twitter? This is why my family don't like me because <laughs> I will open up. So did anyone respond to it? No. So, huh. a, a, but from Stephen, <laughs> delete um, that tweet. Then I already have. <laughs> Quick question for the podcast that uh, Stephen doesn't think has been touched on. And I'm pretty sure it hasn't. What impact do you think The Simpsons has had on parenthood? I've noticed a few homerisms creep in here and there with raising two girls, minus the strangulation. He writes more so now because the kids who grew up watching the show would now be impacted. So our parents probably not so much. Mm. They didn't like us watching the show. I would say on the whole that it probably marked a bit of a change with what parents would and wouldn't let their kids watch so rather than like what do you want to see yourself see in yourself with parenthood that by the simpsons taking over the in the way that they did that all kids want like would want to watch the simpsons if they weren't watching the simpsons even though it was a fairly adult level of humor probably means that Back then, there would have been a fair degree of trepidation about it. But I think now, if you were a parent and a 10-year-old was like, I want to watch Family Guy, if if it's me as a 29-year-old that grew up with it, I'd be like, yeah, no worries. I watch shows like that when well, I was open young. the door for shows like South Park. Yeah. And I, so, I think that like there's probably a lot more that gets through to kids these days um, based on the fact that kids that kids that grew up watching this sort of stuff, even though it might have been a little bit risque for their time, are going to be much more likely to let their kids watch something that's probably a bit too risque for them because they're like, well, I turned out fine. So, so what you're saying is that The Simpsons changed television, which in turn changed parenthood. Yeah. Uh, Alex Champion wrote in. Um, uh-huh. He was curious. to. So this is this is more just... I probably could have replied to this, to be perfectly honest, but I'm going to do it on, on the podcast. Um, was curious to know if I've seen The American President, because I talk about The West Wing yeah. quite a lot, and I absolutely have. So, The American President is a movie that was written by Aaron Sorkin, and then it was almost like a prototype for The West Wing. Yeah. It even has Martin Sheen. It's got... Um, You've mentioned this before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, he also says that the end is a great speech by the President, a widower of some years, that uh, sort of reflects a... a <laughs> this is like... A um, it's it, this almost reads like a university review. It reflects a post cold. Actually, no, you know what this is. This is Patrick Bateman talking about it from American Psycho. <laughs> it reflects a post cold war optimism that we probably won't ever see again. Um, it's a compelling scene, and before Trump seemed to exemplify what people meant by wanting a president who tells it like it is. Christy, bend over. So <laughs> anyway, she's <laughs> um, there's a spit. So, but. I think that's Alex saying that he would like a monologue to be done. So, you know, I'm just throwing it out there that some people like him. What you need to do is start a... Twitter poll. Twitter poll, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Before I do another one. Yeah. Uh, sec- American Psycho, I yeah. love the chainsaw drop. Oh, oh, yeah. What a headshot. <laughs> yeah. Um, a million to one. Yeah, I know. An right. absolute million to one shot. Oh, shouldn't have touched the watch. Flexing his muscles in the mirror. Amazing. Oh, during yeah, like during mid- the mid coitus, yeah. <laughs> as Susu Studio just blares <laughs> as loud as it possibly can. Uh, now, I um, I just love watching Paul Allen cop a uh, Jared Leto cop an axe to the head over and over again as he swishes as Bateman swishes about in his raincoat. He's great in that movie. He's so amazing. Yeah, it's really a sequel. It's, it's, don't watch it. Oh, I know. No, well, the sequel is one Mainly of the sequels Kunis, that, yeah. that I think so. But yeah, it had nothing to do with anyone to do with the first. No, one. no, no. We have a my two cents story. Oh, okay. That's been emailed in from Sean Anderson. So, mm-hmm. uh, first off, he would like to say that he loves the show. Thank you very much, Thank Sean. You, Sean. Helps him get through his grueling night shifts. A few years ago, I lived in student accommodation with uh, with 
a sort of a, a real character of a flatmate, basically, who used to love cutting corners for things. Yep. One time we went to a flat party in Freshers' Week, so I assume that's first first week of uni. Um, and as we were about to leave at around 4am, my flatmate runs into the flat's toilet saying that they were going to throw up. We waited outside for him for about five minutes until he comes running out, holding his jacket, shouting, go, 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 go. What? He sprints back to the flat. We just walk back with um, questioning what the deal is. Yeah. We go into the flat, see him open his jacket where six rolls of toilet paper fall out oh. and land on our table. Why? <laughs> He'd stolen a toilet paper from everyone in the flat because, one, they all took the piss out of me in my socks with sandals. <laughs> he went to a party wearing that. <laughs> and two, it's student life, isn't it? And I can't afford toilet roll. <laughs> go, 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 go. Save the booty. <laughs> it made me think of myself stealing a cactus. <laughs> Maybe you think of Nicholas stealing bits of breast chicken from the All You Can Eat buffet in Las Vegas. What? <laughs> she tried to steal chicken. Why? For breakfast. What? Who has chicken breast for breakfast? Oh, no, no, for just for lunches for the next day. It's an All You Can Eat buffet. It costs six bucks. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> and she got all like, she got all scared when the waitress went to come over. I said, Nicola, you're allowed to eat whatever you want. It's All You Can Eat. You're not stealing it. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> The sun said, oh, you can eat. Well, fucking eat it then. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck on that. That's, like, I know that you guys, the chicken is pretty much the only meat that passes your lips, but yeah. come on. that's that's. Let's take it, it, was, it was sitcom 101. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> I just wish there was a camera there. What did she so wrap good. it in? Napkins. Napkins. Yeah. But the napkins that get stuck Napkin. to it. Napkin. <laughs> the napkins get stuck to the yeah, chicken. Yeah, I know. It wasn't good. It was, it, and it was the Indian chicken too, so it was the like a tandoori what, kind of but, chicken. Uh, she hasn't thought this through. <laughs> it wasn't a creamy one. It yeah. was that. It was just. It was like a pinky color. Yeah, yeah. you know that chicken. Yeah, yeah. I think it's tandoori. Yeah, tandoori. Yeah, yeah. So it was really good chunks of breast chicken. Yeah. Did she also try to steal some mint yogurt just to be able to get back? I'm not sure. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I, a guy that I live with. Uh, live with. A guy that I work with, um, Dave, has invented a new type of yogurt. Invented. Yeah, he calls it progurt, and what he's done is get. Uh, Greek yogurt, mix it with chocolate protein powder. He's like, Greek yogurt. That's old news, man. Ch- Greek yogurt, not very tasty on its own, but chocolate protein powder in there makes it tasty. That's old news. I've never heard of it before. Okay, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, if he's claiming this, he's a liar. Well, I've never seen it in stores. <laughs> Nicola makes protein yogurt all the time. <laughs> I don't know if it's Greek yogurt, but she makes protein well, yogurt. he thought of it on his own. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's, it's new to his, in his world. And I'm thinking of patenting a device that, like, you know, you sell the Greek yogurt with a little protein tub. Attached to the side. Which I'll call Progurt. <laughs> Why not? You know what we bought this week? A new bed. Super king size. Super king size. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little bit too much chicken being eaten. <laughs> Can't wait for it. Our bed is so fucking bad. I didn't even know that it went to Super King. Yeah, so there was King and then there was Super King and I was like, I don't need Super King, but I kind of want Super King because yeah, okay. I, the sound of saying Super King size. Putting an extension <laughs> on the house as well. Anyway. What happened in your week? That was our weekend. <laughs> Not much. I got. Um, well, I finished my Millennium Falcon Lego as well, and you know how many pieces that required. There was there was shit everywhere. I, wasn't I don't. There? I'll be honest. Oh, it was five thousand seven hundred. But just okay. the, there was just bags of pieces everywhere, wasn't there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was. I mean, the entire table was covered in Lego for about six months. <laughs> it was a lot. I don't know how you still have a wife. <laughs> um, no, I got nothing. My week is entirely devoid. I, I, um, Why were you not at cricket training tonight? Do you not play this week? Did you not see the photo of me of how fucking wet it was? Like, I don't... You... But we had like week this as really... Piss. Week as piss. Really intense thunderstorm. There was not really one drip of rain for an hour and a half before no. you got here. No, the actual reason to that is that there was a, a T20 on tonight. One of the, okay, like cool. the local tournament. Therefore, our team was playing... Like, our club was playing in that. Therefore, training wasn't required. You need to tell the listeners what's happened recently. You've been upgraded. 
You're no longer Division 4. Wait, it, you well, were a fill-in and then you were left in because you were so good. It's not Division. I mean, we're, Is it not Division? The whole club is Division 1. But then there are first, seconds, thirds, fourths within Division One. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, so, so you mean yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I um no, no I'm not going to talk about like I, I moved up to the thirds. Well, I you did, told the story about how I you, did well you, you in pulled one your game. hammy. Yeah. So now you need to. But that you, was you've, because, you've improved. You need to no, tell the listeners what's I happened. I only like to tell stories. When have you ever not wanted to gloat about yourself? Come on, man. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's no that's not interesting to say that I moved up a grade. It's only interesting to say that I went yeah, as I was getting tell, tell the tale of your how many runs did you make? Fifty? Thirty. Thirty. Yeah, let's not the get same way George away. rescued a fucking golf ball from a whale. <laughs> I tell you, he was bowling 160 Ks <laughs> if he was <laughs> See? Amazing. <laughs> so, I hope you enjoyed our review of Homer versus Patty and something. Are you doing a speech this week? Are you gonna wait to the Twitter poll? We'll do a Twitter poll and we'll okay. see. Because I do really... What speech do you want to do? I do feel very genuinely concerned that I could lose people with the speeches. <laughs> do you want me to find the tweet or just... No, I don't. <laughs> okay. What the fuck would I want that negativity in my life for? <laughs> um, no, I was thinking of uh, Alec Baldwin's speech from Malice about being God. Okay. Um, what about the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross one? Put that coffee down. Yeah, no, I would have a lot of fun with that, but that goes for like seven minutes. Like, that's a fucking long speech. All right, so what you guys need to do is you need to send in mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au or just tweet Mitch what speech you'd like him to say, and then you'll read through and he'll pick one of them, and then you'll start a Twitter poll, yay or nay. Mm -hmm. And if more yays, then he'll read it out next week. If more nays, then that Twitter poll will be deleted and he'll never speak of it again. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So... Hope you enjoyed the review. Thanks for listening, guys. Now, a couple of quick plugs once again for Big Roddy's Rippin' Rib Shack. I just love that name. It's so great. If you're in Brisbane, go check out their food. It's amazing. Simpsons references throughout. And if you're there, if you want a 10% discount, just say it's a secret and you'll get 10% courtesy of Four Figure Discount. Also, the book called The Fictionals and the Book Club Rebellion available right now on barnesandnobles.com by Preston T. Francis. Make sure you get a copy. It sounds fantastic. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Fuck you. That's my name. Shh.